Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. The Captain's Run with Sam Edmund. Great to have your company on the Captain's Run. Sam Edmund with you on a Friday morning. Hope your week's been fantastic and you're set up for a great weekend. Certainly the weather is doing its bit as well. And uh, we've got a big McCafe menu to get to uh, throughout the course of the morning. We've got just about everything covered. We've got footy covered, soccer covered, uh, racing covered, cricket covered, basketball covered. But we need to change our tack to world football because fresh off promising friendlies against England and New Zealand, the Socceroos are about to suit up once again as the path to the 2026 World Cup begins and Australia's journey to the US, Mexico and Canada starts next Thursday against Bangladesh, just around the corner from us here at Amy Park. Renee Muhlenstein's managed all over the globe, including stints at Manchester United and Fulham. He's now an assistant coach with the Socceroos and is with us this morning. Renee, good morning to you. Good morning. So Bangladesh next Thursday. Now, this is the first Socceroos appearance on home soil since, I think, Ecuador back in March. So always a good uh, and great occasion any time the national team plays at home, isn't it? Absolutely. <clears throat> Absolutely. And uh, <clears throat> if, you go, if you go back, um, Sam, for the, if you look back to the support that Melbourne gave us, you know, during the World Cup, I mean, turning, turning out in numbers, that was fantastic to see. That was fantastic to see for the players because it gives you that extra motivation and we really hope that uh, everybody's turning up again next week to support the uh, the Socceroos in, uh, in our first World Cup qualifier. So just a bit of housekeeping here, Rena. I was just uh, getting my head around this last night. So this Bangladesh game is uh, the start of the second round of qualification, isn't it, given the Socceroos automatically entered given their confederation ranking? Yes, I think Bangladesh had obviously to have this playoff game against the Maldives. Yep. Um, so they've already played that game. So, yeah, we are, we are kicking off our our World Cup campaign next week. So it's our first game. And really, predominantly, the most important thing is, is to win, to get the first three points on the board. And uh, and obviously, we're looking for a, for a positive performance of, of the boys. And then you've got a flight to Kuwait to take on Palestine uh, on the Wednesday. So Kuwait obviously needed as a neutral venue, given, unfortunately, everything going on between Palestine and Israel. That's um, some sort of assignment as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. But... Uh, you know, obviously, uh, all the uh, the different organisations, the federation and, and, and the government and all the, uh, the security departments have obviously worked very, very closely together to make sure that everything is, is looked after in, in the best possible way and that we can concentrate only on one thing and, uh, you know, playing a, playing a good football match. So you start again, a 16-game stretch. And as you touched on, Renaud, the, the, I guess the tsunami of support behind the boys in Qatar was incredible. Incredibly brave showing in the round of 16 against the eventual champions, Argentina. I guess what that means is expectations from outside the camp are probably higher than ever now. Do you get a sense of that internally? Well, <clears throat> the thing is this, that obviously with the performances that we've had over the last 12 to 14 months, um, our our expectations have grown ourselves. Mm. You know, the players have set those standards against these really high-profile nations. If you look back to who we've played over the last 12 months, like you mentioned before, obviously we had a good win against New Zealand, but England, obviously we lost 1-0. But what we've done in those games is we have definitely changed the perception of the, the pundits in the world of football. 
everybody that was talking to me after the game against England was just full of praise of how we addressed the game, how we played and everything. And, and that earned us a lot of respect. But the most important thing is those expectations should be there. The players, we as staff, everybody else, we've set different kind of standards. And these are, you know, standards, high standards that we want to meet every time, starting again next Thursday. It is amazing, really, isn't it, giving it, Renee? Because there was some really um, sticky points, I suppose, and real pressure at various stages of the last qualification cycle. And a lot of that was on Graham Arnold, of course. I guess it shows you how fickle it can all be. 100%. But the most important thing is within that, Sam, you know the industry is that you stay calm within. And I think we've created a very strong culture within the, uh, the Socceroos. We've got a very good staff, so, uh, you know, supporting, uh, you know, the players. The players are buying into what we want. And you always, you know, it's never plain sailing, but that is what it is. But you learn every time you play, whether you win, draw or lose. You learn from it, you grow from it, but uh, <clears throat> you make sure you stay on course. And that's exactly what we did. We're speaking to Socceroos assistant, Rene Muhlenstein. Rene, you just mentioned that word there. I wanted to raise you there and it's culture. I've always wondered with international football, given you don't have access to the players for long at all. You know, they fly in late from all over the world most of the time and they leave straight away. World Cups aside, they are fleeting reunions. How do you create a culture and a connection in such limited times? Yeah, it's a really good a really good point, uh, Sam, because a lot of people do not understand, you know, the challenges that we face with in and amongst the, around the national team. But the culture, what we created, started right from day one. Five and a half years ago when we started, we had our first camp in Turkey. We never played a friendly game. We had the boys for 10 days. And within that, we had a lot of conversations with the boys. We wanted to know what the culture was like. Uh, and it was a good opportunity for us to explain them the culture that we wanted to create and also how we wanted to play. And that is credit to Graham Arnold when he put <clears throat> that sort of theme to our journey last time around to say by... I want to create the greatest Socceroos team ever. And therefore, I expect to win every game. So those two things were basically the, 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 the running factors behind that culture. And players are, obviously don't have to buy into it. And obviously, as you get on with the journey, you play more games, you get a bit more time to work with the players. The players then see, you know, the, they, 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 they uh, reap the fruits from, from what we were doing. And that culture then grows as you get on, you get stronger. Now it's slightly different because the players know what coach they come into. Mm. So we don't have to explain anything. They know what to expect what the, uh, from us as staff and we know what to expect from the players. As I said earlier, you've managed all around the globe and some high-profile um, world footballers, some of the biggest names in the game you've had underneath you and alongside you. I suppose what we know now around the mental space and mindfulness and culture and all those things you can create, the intangibles away from the pitch, how much more important they are now to a, to a side and to a club and an organisation. Can you speak a bit to that? Yes. I've always got the saying, Sam, is where the mind goes, the rest will follow. I mean, uh, there's a lot of things that you, you, can, you can influence and players have to influence. But if you look and you break it down, the players have to be basically look after the physical you know, uh, aspects of the game because they, they have to do that in club land. The same with the tactical aspects. If they, they need to practice certain aspects of the game, they need to do it, they need to take the time. What we can influence is obviously the tactics, the way we want to play and making sure that the players understand and we let them play to the strength. But more than anything, it's all that mental strength that is so important. And basically, mental strength is replace it with confidence, you know. And when players are, are confident in what they do and what they believe in, they enjoy it. And that is the two key main ingredients that we want to 
we want to focus on when the players are with the Socceroos. And the other part of it is with the Socceroos, Rene, is, you don't need me to tell you this, but uh, geographically there's challenges as well. I mean, the, the players are, are spending more time in the, in the air travelling back and forth than perhaps you know, most, most other countries and setups in the world. It, it, it is, and, and it's something that I highlighted around the World Cup by saying how can it be that the World Cup is the, the highest platform for, for players to, uh, <clears throat> to play at. And it's not a it's not a level playing field in terms to you know to get to the World Cup because if you compare that with the teams in Europe, you know Germany, Holland, France, Spain, they only have to play eight to maximum ten World Cup qualifiers, and not travelling more than three and a half three and a half hours to do it to get so we have to play sixteen, um, you know, and, and travel a uh, hundred thousand plus kilometres. So these are sort of things I think uh, organisations need to look at. These are the challenges that we have. The good thing is most of our players are used to it and they they able to deal with it. Take us through the 23-man squad that you've known, Rene. I mean, the bulk of the team are returning from October, so that points to the fact that you were satisfied with, with that pair of games against England and New Zealand, of course. And, and I've got to say, it was great to see Massimo Luongo back again. Um, first time in four years he was called up last month, obviously, and, and did impress against New Zealand. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, uh, and, and Massimo has, has gone through a little bit of a difficult spell in his personal career, he's, he's had a few injuries. He, he was without a club at a certain time, but then he's, he's found a seat again with Ipswich Town, had a fantastic season last year. And, and again, he's continued to do that. And so, you know, he warrants that, that, that selection 100%. So it's great to see him back. And he brings that extra bit of experience that we sometimes need. Now, Rene, a lot of people listening won't be familiar with this name, but the hardcore football followers will. But what do we need to know about Cassini Yengi, who's heard of a maiden uh, Socceroos call-up? He's been in good form for Portsmouth. I think it's five goals in eight for him. Tell us a bit about him. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's testament also to our strategy, Sam, as well as because Graham Alden and I, we always continuously be looking to bringing new players through, young players through, because our game is based on energy and intensity. And, uh, and a lot of young players have made the debuts for us. Now, Yangi, we brought him in. It's like you said, he's somebody that we, he's, he's was on our radar already for quite some time. We monitor him. Uh, caught up a little bit of an injury. That's why we couldn't select him in the previous 20 games. But uh, he's back fit and playing, scoring goals. So... He gives us an extra dimension in front. He's a big boy. He's strong in the air, you know, um, and, and, and some of the qualities that we can really use in the upcoming games. So you've been down there to watch him a few times, Rene? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I've, I've been, like I said, I'm based in, in, in England still, and it's a fantastic uh, position for me to, to really quickly go to everywhere I want. So I, I try to go and watch as many players as I can in between the camps. Now, just to cheekily better ask you, what's going on at Manchester United, please? <laughs> well, I mean, I mean that is a good question. But I think everything that every, everything that looks broken is broken uh, in, in, from 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 the top to 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 everything. But uh, listen, at the end of the day, you know, Eric and Hawk can only focus on, on what he can focus on, which is directly the influence he has with the team. You know, uh, and and you know they are in a results business, and uh, that is what he needs to turn around as quick as and. You know, hopefully for all the fans, you know, it's been a constant ongoing saga about the takeover and not takeover. And that creates a lot of unrest and, and, and that doesn't help anybody in the club. Renate, I've got to say, I'm not sure many, if any, other sports and, and Australian sporting teams can garner the level of support that the Socceroos, and in fact the Matildas do when they feature in World Cups and, and prep, preparing for World Cups as well. So I'm sure you'll get a massive crowd at Amy Park next Thursday against Bangladesh. That's the first step of many, but we wish you well on the journey and, and really appreciate your time this morning. Thank you. Thank you for having me on, Sam.
There's Renate Muhlenstein there, the Socceroos assistant. Uh, he is a superstar of world football. That man has been absolutely everywhere and spent uh, a large part of his career uh, managing alongside Sir Alex Ferguson at the Red Devils. That's just why I just had to cheekily pop in that Manchester United question for Renee. But if you're getting along to Amy Park, um, you're in for a treat. And if you're not, then make sure you do. Uh, it's next Thursday against Bangladesh before uh, the boys fly over to Kuwait to take on Palestine on uh, on the Wednesday. Um, so that was Renee Muhlenstein there. Already see a couple of questions coming through as well for our chat with Mick Applett. That's uh, at about five past ten, so about uh, ten or twelve minutes time. If you got a question, you've got a name, you've got a defender out there, you've got a diamond in the rough, someone, anyone you want us to throw in the direction of Mick Ablett, who is a cross this draft crop as much as anyone else in this country, feel free to drop us a 40 Wings temper text, 0433 98 11 16. Uh, we'll take a break. Back with more on the captain's run right after this.